My Eyes Volunteer as Tribute. Welcome to Primary Technology, the show about the tech news that matters. Yes, today we're talking a lot about Apple Vision Pro. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I am wearing it. We're going to talk about all the different reviews, my experience for the past week, and Jason's going to grill me with some questions. Also, other wild news like Disney invest $1.5 billion into Epic Games, one of Apple's rivals, a huge conglomerate for sports entertainment, and Google had some big announcements about their AI service. This episode is brought to you by Hello There, an incredible app that lets you save your greeting cards to your phone. I'm one of your co-hosts, Stephen Robles, wearing the Apple Vision Pro, joined as always by my trusted co-host, Jason A10. How's it going, Jason? I'm good. <laughs> Jason is speechless. Well, I'm disconcerted. Well, I'm just thinking of everything you just It's like, were you reading like a teleprompter script inside there? Because I would no never idea. know. You have no idea what I'm saying, oh, but I have, a, I have a special surprise for you. Okay. I have a special guest, my digital persona i'm here my digital persona thinks i'm looking down permanently for some reason i don't know why i mean everyone on a zoom call is looking down permanently so that's i fine. guess but i guess so. yours, uh, yours is not terrible i'm not gonna lie yours is not terrible it's it kind of looks like a slightly more refined version like <laughs> like it looks like you if you were playing a character in a middle ages trilogy and you mm. were like the blacksmith uh <laughs> This is what I would expect to see if I showed up. I always wanted to be the blacksmith. I'd be the blacksmith. Uh, yeah, that's there cool. You go. We're recording with Riverside and I actually tested the Riverside app, which is typically for iPad. And you can just download it on the Apple Vision Pro and literally record an entire podcast. And it does high quality recording of your digital persona. I had posted uh, a video last night to the threads and X with like the 16 by nine widescreen version of it. it. Have you ever seen a different background? Is everybody's digital persona the same? It's just always the- Ooh, I don't know. But that looks very much like you are in an office at Apple's Apple Park. That's exactly what it seems like. I don't think you can change that. And you could change your glasses, but none of them look like my glasses. I messaged uh, Warby Parker. They should partner with Apple to have like their entire oh. frames, you know, because that's, that's what I wear. But anyway, yeah, this is my digital persona. All this is going to end in like 30 seconds because I can't wear this the whole time we record and no one wants to see my <laughs> digital persona. But uh, there it is. It's there. Yeah. If you are listening to this episode, like a normal person would listen to a podcast, that's great. We appreciate you. It would be worth jumping over to youtube.com slash app primary tech show. That's right. That? I you got it. I got that right. But, yeah. but there's a link somewhere. There, It'll be Stephen put, it, It's Always worth it just for this section. So no, I'm going to stop all this. Yeah. Because I'm going to have to cut all this out for the audio version because they, they can't see any of this. But you go over to YouTube. Even if you only listen to the audio version, just go over to YouTube and subscribe and see this like first 30 seconds of the show. And then, uh, and then we'll step. But I'm going to take this off now. <laughs> Welcome back, Stephen. I'm back in the real world. <clears throat> We're going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, Apple Vision Pro. Oh, I actually put my real glasses on. This has been a weird transition. Every time I take Apple Vision Pro off, I'm like, why can't I see? Oh, right. I wear glasses in real life. And then I have to go back to doing that. Yeah. Oh, uh, we have so much to talk about. Real quick, I want to give two five star review shout outs. Squarefish, he says, We have an amazing tech podcast by Jason A10 and the other guy. I just want you to know. That's how he phrased it. I feel bad, though, for you because he mentioned me twice in that shout out and he didn't mention you at all because I am both Jason Aiton and I am the other guy. Fair enough. He did give a winky face. So it seems like, uh, you know, he knows he knew what he was doing. <laughs> yes. Uh, in case you were wondering, we, we had a joke last episode where, you know, it'd be great if you could email the other guy at primarytech.fm. Yeah. That might be working right now. I'm just throwing that out there. And also War Fujin, I gave us a five-star review. So thank you guys. Listen, here's what we want to do. We want to get to a hundred five-star reviews like this week. And listen, there are many of you listening right now. And if you all did it, it would just flood 
the Apple Podcast app, and we would be well above 100. Yeah. I think it would be way more. So go in there and let us know uh, what notes app you use. If you're not sure what to write, which is sometimes the hardest part about leaving a review, just tell us uh, what notes app you use on your iPhone. That'd be great. Or Absolutely. Android. Did you see, I don't mean to sidetrack us too oh, far, please. but but did you see somebody did like an analysis of the reviews on Apple Podcasts? Oh, yes. And it was something along the lines of like, if you have more than five reviews, you're in like the top 95% of podcasts yes. or something. I don't remember the exact numbers, but if we were to get to 100, we would be like, there are very few podcasts other than like the true crime ones. And this is, believe it or not, not a true crime podcast. <laughs> Although Stephen Robles with his Apple Vision Pro on and his virtual persona in the same is a crime. podcast recording at the same time is a crime. It's a crime against humanity. But. But no, we are not but, technically. Yes. A true crime podcast. Yeah. But that was really, it was really interesting to just see that sort of analysis of the. Yeah, it was on, it was on threads. I'll, I'll try to find it for the show notes, but it was interesting. Yep. All right. I've had Apple Vision Pro for a week. I, I take it you have not secretly bought one in the last week, have you? <laughs> I have not secretly or publicly bought one. I have <laughs> okay. not bought one. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to start off by saying this. I personally feel slight Apple Vision Pro coverage fatigue. I'm curious if our listeners and viewers feel the same way. I feel like my last three YouTube videos reflect this, <laughs> but there's some fatigue on it. Like unless you're MKBHD or Cleo Abram or I Justine, it seems like, okay, we, we've now seen Apple Vision Pro on the subway. We've seen it on a plane. We've seen it everywhere. And I also think, you know, it's not available internationally. This is US only, except for those who have like smuggled it over like Mike Hurley from nine to five and Federico <laughs> Vedici. Uh, but yep. I don't know. I feel like there is some fatigue, not, not just eye fatigue, which we'll talk about, but, but just coverage fatigue. But I know people want to hear, I know people want to hear the experience. And so I'll just give a brief journey through my last week experience. And then uh, Jason can grill me. And then I also have like a bunch of little nitpick things, which I've not heard mentioned other places. And so I'll mention that. So I got it on Friday and I was in a rush to make content because that's what you do, right? You like post videos about it. I did a live stream unboxing. I met my UPS guy in a shady location. He gave it to me early. <laughs> that was kudos to him. He helped you try it on, made sure everything fit okay, swapped out your- I gave him a demo in the truck. Swapped. Yeah. <laughs> that's a weird sentence, but okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? I didn't want to put him on blast because a couple people- I deleted my ex post because a people a couple people were like, you're going to get that dude fired. And I'm like, I don't know how you would know who this is. I didn't show any truck. But anyway, uh, thanks to him. Not that he'll ever hear this or see this, but thanks to him for getting it to me early. I, I rushed to try to make some content. And in that process, I did not really get to spend time just like using it. You know, I, I there was no, I didn't get an in-store demo. You know, it was delivered. I, I do think I understand the value of the demo. Like if you are curious about this device or considering buying it, the in-store demo is probably necessary because I didn't really feel like why this thing existed until three days in because I just didn't get to sit with it for several hours until probably like Saturday and Sunday. I let other people try it. My friends Nate and Jacob, they tried it Friday night. I brought it over to dinner and they played around with it. I posted their reactions and my friends and family. And at first I was like, this is cool. It feels a lot like a VR device. You know, I used a Quest 2. It seems kind of like that. And it wasn't until I experienced Apple's first party experiences, meaning like they have their adventure Highliner video. They have a Wild Things like Rhinoceros video, the Alicia Keys rehearsal room. Once I experienced those, it changed my mind. Like I realized these kinds of experiences have only and are only possible right now in this singular device. The fidelity of the screens, 
the quality of the immersion, all of that together, like it does create a visceral and pretty amazing experience in those moments. And I was like, okay, this is really, really cool. I think we've talked a lot about the Apple Watch analogy. And I think with other first run Apple product, when they've entered a new product category, Apple is the one that has like the best experiences or Apple basically paves the way to show developers and others like, here's what you use it for. And I think that was my mistake. I, in my first day, I really tried to just download third-party apps because I wanted to do a video about like, here are the best third-party apps for Apple Vision Pro. And I realized that wouldn't be a good video because there's not a ton out there. Like there's some great uh, third-party apps, like the Shortcut Buttons app. I tried that, but because of the limitations of the platform, it's a little buggy. Like my Shortcut Buttons where you can place it in like augmented reality space, they don't stay there. And every time you run one of those buttons, even if you had the Shortcuts application closed, it has to reopen, like where you're looking in that button. And just weird bugs like that, the third-party app experience, not because of the developers, but just limitations of the platform. A lot of developers never had this hardware in hand to actually test their app. Finn Voorhees, who we talked about last week, who developed the Shortcuts Buttons app, he, it was the first time he ever saw that app running on a Vision Pro was when I posted my video. And so that just shows like mm-hmm. these developers are basically developing without any reference. You know, they're just using a simulator and Xcode. And so the third party app story, I think, will grow over time. But that's why the Apple first party experiences are really the ones that make you feel what this thing is for, what it can do. And it's cool. And I've worked a lot in Apple Vision Pro. Like I've, I edited a whole video in Final Cut yesterday because I was, it was a video about Apple Vision Pro and I kept needing to screen record. And so I kept doing that. And that was cool. And I watched a movie in it. That's cool. And I keep getting this question, Jason. I don't know if you were going to ask this, but like people are like, should I buy it? Is it worth it? <laughs> I'm like, that's a very, very difficult question. The answer is probably no right now. Like right. Unless, you were, unless you already had like four grand that you were going to spend on, buy, on creating a massive home theater setup in your house in a dedicated room. And this might be a better, and you were going to watch alone every time. For that one particular person, maybe it's worth it to get this because you can watch 3D movies and the viewing experience is incredible. And if you wear AirPods Pro 2, which kind of a trade-off, like the best sound experience is with AirPods Pro 2, but then you have to have something in your ear. So it's a lot of trade-offs. It's a hard question to answer. So I don't know. Jason, what are some questions you have? Because I don't, I'm not sure where to go. Uh, I have questions. Well, first of all, I was, as I was listening to you, you had mentioned you, the shortcuts, the shortcuts buttons app from Finn Voorhees, which I actually included as a, you have to download, I wrote a seven, seven apps you should download. That was one of them because it seems really cool. And you mentioned it's a little bit buggy and I don't think that that's the fault necessarily of the app, but it does occur to me that one of the bugs of that app is you have to be wearing a vision pro to trigger your shortcut buttons, right? And didn't you, don't you have like actual shortcut buttons in your house? Like, aren't there the things you can like tap a shortcut button? Like, yeah, like around your house. Like, so it does seem like, I mean, it is really cool that you can like do this with a Vision Pro on, but also there are physical manifestations of doing the same things. And this is no shade to Finn for creating the app. Like, I think it's a great thing to, to put into the app or to into the vision pro. It's just, you have to actually be wearing a vision pro for any of that stuff to be useful to you. It's like, okay, I have been thinking about this a lot. So I don't have one right now. I have used one, but it's been six or seven months since I've used it. So my impression of it is limited by the fact that it was a very on the rails demo and also time. Like it's been a while. And so my only impression of it was like, wow, this thing is amazing. 
but certainly there were limitations. I have started to think of this because really it feels like there are three people that this is for. I don't mean like literally only one, two, three people, three types of people that this is for. One you described is like people who really like high quality entertainment and have a lot of money. Okay. But that is a completely different type of device than you would buy an iPad or a Mac. Like this is not a competitor to a Mac in any real way. This is not a thing you would buy instead of a Mac. And so I started thinking of it. It's like, it's almost like this is the Mac Pro because the Mac Pro is designed for very, very, very high-end use cases and then nerds, right? There are nerds who care about the Mac Pro because it's like the best, supposed to be the best Mac that you, although that's debatable, the best Mac that you can get. But the best Mac you can get is not designed for the average person, right? The MacBook <clears throat> the MacBook Air is designed for the average person. Right. The Apple Vision Pro, I think, and the more I've started to like listen to what Apple is saying, I think this is a device that will come into its own, uh, own eventually. But if it's going to get there, it's going to be an enterprise device, right? Apple announced in their beta that they're or in the next beta that they're going to include mobile device management and stuff. A lot of the apps that exist right now are healthcare, uh, you know, architect, modeling, um, that kind of thing. Like there are other enterprise software like Box, which is interesting. Like Box is essentially a Dropbox competitor. Like, do you need that in Vision Pro? I guess you need your files, but do I need like a spatial computing version? I don't know. But I think it's when people have asked me, should I get one? I'm like, it's, I don't even need to have one on right now to be like, it is very cool. Do you have $4,000 to light on fire? Yeah. Do you have an OLED television? Right. And if the answer to this the first question is no, and the second question is yes, then you definitely <laughs> should not get a Vision Pro. Yes, I agree. I also feel like Apple keeps using the term spatial computing. In my use in the last week, I can't do computing on this thing. Like when I think of computing, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of multiple windows. I'm usually multitasking, maybe I'm editing a video, just sending emails. And all of those tasks, I will go back to my Mac and at the most screen mirror into Apple Vision Pro, but I would never do those things directly in Apple Vision Pro. I did pair a Magic Keyboard directly to it so I could actually type with a normal keyboard. And even then, like the virtual keyboard will pop up when you tap a text field. So now you have something obscuring your view and you already had a physical keyboard. Like, And there's no setting to just turn off the virtual keyboard when a Bluetooth one is connected. And window management, while it's cool to be able to like place windows in augmented reality space, it is not as precise nor as easy as on a Mac. Like you can't command tab, you know, command tab to switch apps on a Mac. I do without looking. I don't look down ever to do command tab. It's just muscle memory or you right. know any of those. And to close a window, command W. And none of those options are really available in Apple Vision Pro. Like you literally have to look at the thing you want to interact with tap in order to interact with it and then maybe drag it around maybe do something else like when i think of computing it requires a lot of windows and that's something apple vision pro is not great at now mirroring your mac into apple vision pro is really cool and you can even do multiple desktops i had a question on social media like you can do mission control you can have multiple desktops on your mac mirrored in apple vision pro and swipe like with two you know four fingers on the trackpad and all that's cool but I, i don't see it spatial computing just yet and I want to share a couple experiences that I've seen online recently. One is T-Pain. I don't know if you saw this, Jason. I did. <laughs> but T- I did you know, T-Pain this. is like, you know, I don't want to be a part of reality anymore. Like it's, it's weak. <laughs> reality is weak. Everything's in <laughs> Apple Vision Pro now. He had a little bit stronger words to say about it, but yes. Yeah, it was a G- G-rated show. You can read the captions. Yeah, if you're on YouTube. <laughs> but T-Pain's riding around with it. Uh, then David Letterman last night 
posted a video of himself trying it, <laughs> which is amazing. I don't know if you saw this video, but the first like yeah. seven eighths of the video is him trying to set it up, and you could phys- like yep. visibly see him trying to tap each dot while you're setting up Apple Vision Pro rather than just looking and tapping. And the guy next to him was like, "You don't have to do that. You can you can just." you know, hold your finger. He's like, yeah, 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 whatever. And he tries to tap each dot. It was amazing. But at the very end of the video, he experienced something, probably an immersive video and like freaked out about it. You know, he was like, wow, this is amazing. And then you also see videos of, I I forget his name, but he was on the subway with Apple Vision Pro working and that video went viral. A bunch of people stole it and didn't give him credit or whatever. Yeah. Any of those scenarios, which I actually saw, I got a private message from someone I won't mention their name, but they tried using it on a train and they said even in travel mode, which is something you need to put Apple Vision Pro if you're on a plane or a train, this way the windows don't just like fly away from you because Apple Vision Pro like right. will recognize motion and, and make it like he said, even in travel mode, everything was flying away. He tried like pulling up a movie and when the train started moving, even in travel mode, it like flew away. Probably a bug, but still. So I, I'm going to say I'm going to say some other. Well, why don't you ask me another question? Then I'm going to say some other words. Well, I think I think Casey Neistat had the same experience on the subway. Right. I don't know if you saw his video. Yes. There was a. Did you catch? There was another post uh, where somebody ranked the top Vision Pro reviews on YouTube by views, and it was inter- the yes. point of it was Marquez has the top three, <laughs> and then it was Casey's, yes. and then it was Joanna Stearns. Yes. And Casey's was good, and it was just. I want to, I'll get to my thoughts about the YouTube part of it in a second, Yes, but yeah. And he, he, so yeah, you can see him on a, on a, on a Side, one wheel riding his scooter, whatever the, 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 you know, whatever. And then he gets on the subway and he's like, yeah, the problem is you put a window here and then you get on the subway and you move and it just like flies, <laughs> flies away from you, <laughs> which seems slightly problematic because you know, you might've needed that window or you wouldn't have put it there. Right. But what the, what I wanted to say is I think this should be intuitive to people, but I think the expectation was a lot higher. If you can't do your work on an iPad, you will not really be able to do anything more on a Vision Pro. You can no. mirror your Mac into it. I understand that. But and I know that, that that is treated as like a first class experience, but meaning a first party, like it isn't it is not a watered down experience, but it is not the way it is meant to be right. used. Everything about Vision OS is simply iPad OS in spatial orientations. And so if you're thinking, could I do my job with this thing? If your job involves more than what you could do well on an iPad, the answer is probably going to be no. Right. Unless there are very specific apps designed for your job. And if that's the case, that's totally different, but that is not most people. Right. And so the, it is interesting that the limitations of this, you know, there of this platform is really the same as what people have been complaining about on the iPad for years. Although I, you know, it is a slightly more generous window management system than iPad OS, but really the apps are still confined in many of the same ways. Yes. And like, I also watched Knoopsy's video, which he's a creator in Toronto. He wore it for 24 whole hours. Okay. And I've seen a couple other people now, like basically it's a marathon, like who can wear Vision Pro the longest? I saw somebody posted 72 hours. Yeah. I don't know if you would, I don't know if you should do that. But there's a scene where he goes to like the grocery store. And in order to walk around the grocery store with your window of your grocery list, you have to pinch and hold the bar at the bottom of the window and carry it with you. Otherwise, if you move, <laughs> it stays in the aisle that, that you left it. Because it's spatial computing, <laughs> it it pins. Hang on, honey, I have to go back to the gro- to the uh, cereal section to find out what we have to get next. I hang on, I'll be right exactly. Back. And like, <laughs> there, there's been a couple of videos on social media where people 
place windows all around their home, very curated-like. Like, they'll have their Mac display mirrored over their desk. They'll have the Apple TV app right in, like, where their TV is. They'll have the Crouton app with timers in the kitchen. And they walk around the house, and I saw a bunch of people were like, oh, this is, now I get it. This is Apple Vision Pro. And it's like, yes, but also if you restart your device, all that stuff resets. You know, so it's not, like, permanent. Right. It's not like every time, like, you disconnect the battery and reconnect it, all those windows are exactly where you place them. It resets every time. I don't know, that just that idea of spatial computing. Also, just, I'm going to say a couple other quick things because I want to get these out before I forget. Last week, we talked about the vignetting around the eyes. 100% is something that is there. Yeah. Like, because your eyes are shaped the way they are and screens are square or rectangle, there's a vignette around your vision. Like, you have peripheral vision, the Apple Vision Pro screens do not. There have been a couple of people online that have taken off the light seal so they actually will take this cushion off and just, I guess, stick their eyeballs right in the lenses. And they're like, yeah, you get a wider field of view, but also you might be burning your retinas. I don't know. And it's also very uncomfortable because <laughs> they don't have a cushion on your face. <laughs> so that vignetting is real. Like even in a fully immersive environment, if it's a dark environment, you don't notice it as much because it blends into the environment you're in. But it's definitely there. Like when you're looking through it. Safari, not a great experience. Like, I'll just be honest. Uh, I also, every time I opened Safari, because web pages are usually white, very bright, I felt like my eyes just like were in shock. And so, if you use Safari and Apple Vision Pro, I highly recommend and needed to download the extension, which I'm glad it's there, Noir, N O I R, which is a Safari extension. You can run it on all your devices, but it basically forces dark mode on every website. That was absolutely necessary. So this way, when I opened Safari, it didn't burn my eyes. Sometimes it still takes a second to kick in. So it'll be like flash of white and then it'll go dark. But even that is better. Like I just close my eyes for a second. The Juno YouTube app is a necessity if you want to watch YouTube videos. This was, uh, I think, also by Finn Voorhees, another app that he made. Nope. Christian oh, Seelig. Christian Seelig. The guy who did Apollo. That's right. Yep. Who did Apollo. Who yep. did the Reddit app Apollo. Juno, excellent app. You definitely need it. I did YouTube in Safari for a few minutes. Super annoying. The, t the targets are too small. And eye tracking, while incredible most of the time, sometimes just doesn't work very well. And I'll have to look like slightly below the target. And maybe that's a result of my face or the thing moving. I don't know. But the Juno app is definitely necessary uh, for YouTube. I also got the developer strap <laughs> just to try it. I don't even know what that is. You didn't know you didn't see that? So I don't think so. So, day one, one of the videos I thought I would make would be like, can I plug a bunch of USB-C accessories into the battery pack and will they work? Because that was a huge video I did with the iPhone 15. So I plugged an external SSD right here. I plugged in a USB microphone. I plugged in a USB keyboard. None of it works. Nothing works. You can't plug anything into this battery except for power. So then Apple announced the $300 developer strap. <laughs> okay. And the developer strap, it replaces the right uh, strap on it and if you didn't say i mean this is a uh i need to pull up the picture of it because you have to see it and you also have to see the um the ejector tool that comes with it so this is the developer strap and you'll see sticking out of the back is actually a USB-C port <laughs> so it gives you a USB-C port direct into apple vision pro and it's really only needed to connect directly to your mac this way you can send builds of your app to apple vision pro over a wired connection rather than wireless. And so I was like, wait, a USB-C port? That thing might do stuff that the battery doesn't do. So I tried to plug in all the same things to that USB-C port, including a hub, including an SSD, HDMI output, 
None of it works. It is literally for nothing but connecting to your Mac and sending app builds or screen recording or taking screenshots on your Mac, which MKBHD actually mentioned in one of his videos. He tried it. It's a little laggy. Like it's not as a smooth frame rate wise as just screen recording directly on device, which you can do in the control center of Apple Vision Pro. So I immediately returned it and I don't have it anymore. <laughs> Otherwise I'll show you because you can't do anything with it. You can't do anything with it. Yeah. Also, what are you going to do? Put that thing on your head with that hub attached to it? I did. Just, like, I should have taken shoulder, a, like a parrot. I should have taken a picture of that because I did. Oh, man. Now, I will say uh, this. This was, again, another like funny thing. But uh, we actually have Lightning Pro Max Ultra uh, in the developer strap. And so this is oh, yeah. <laughs> what you see. I did see this photo. Okay. I did not realize what it was, but I did see this photo. That you yeah. Posted. So this big one is the developer strap connector that goes into Apple Vision Pro. Okay. And this is the ejector tool, this like silver pill thing, which the most <laughs> over-designed, over-engineered, I love it. It's amazing. I almost kept it. Do you think that they, do you think that they make those at San Quentin? Because that looks like something you'd find in a prison. I'm just, <laughs> listen, it's etched. That's a shame. Apple Vision Pro is etched on this thing. On the very end, it actually oh, is wow. etched. Apple Vision Pro, Apple icon, uh, then the words Vision Pro. That's amazing. But anyway, it was very nerve wracking taking the strap out and putting it back in. I was afraid I was going to mess something up. But this is uh, Lightning Extreme, the connector, and then <laughs> the developer strap. But anyway, it doesn't do anything. So I returned it. And yeah, again, Back to the spatial computing idea. If you can't connect an external SSD or a USB microphone or do pretty much anything you would do with a Mac, like USB-C port, except for charge, I find the computing side of the argument a little difficult. But. Okay, I have three questions. You talked about the keyboard thing, meaning that it pops up a, a virtual keyboard when you're trying to use your real keyboard and that's annoying because it ends up... Do you feel like that's a bug type thing? Like that those are the types of things that will eventually get worked out or do you just think that they don't envision that people will actually use keyboards very often? I imagine it should. it's a bug or at most will be a setting in the future. I don't know how far in the future, mm. like Apple Vision 1.5 or is it 2.0? But mm. I think eventually it has to be a toggle where if Bluetooth device is connected, don't show the keyboard. I mean, iPad does that. If you have a Bluetooth keyboard connected, your iPad, when you tap on a text field, the keyboard doesn't show up. So I feel like right. that's already in Apple's UI language. They just need to bring it to Apple Vision Pro. Because it doesn't do that if you are if you are screen mirroring your Mac, right? It doesn't do it when you're clicking in the Mac, but if you have a Vision okay. OS app off to the side of your Mac mirrored screen, like Juno or Safari, and you tap like you look and tap in the text field, it will bring up the virtual keyboard again. Supposedly, universal control should allow you to use your Mac mouse and keyboard in Vision OS apps. If you have your Mac mirror being screened, I personally have not been able to get that to work ever. Like I tried mm. very much to like bring the mouse all the way to the edge of the screen, like you would with universal control from a Mac to an iPad. You bring it all the way to the edge and I try to get it over to the Vision OS app and it never like pops over. So I'm not sure that's probably another mm. bug, but I, I just haven't been able to get it to work. I'm assuming it has iCloud backup because you just mentioned you can't connect a heart, so you can't do time machine. Right. So like, does it do like the same iPad iPhone iCloud backup because in theory you might have more contenty type things besides just your like photo library on a Vision Pro if you were actually doing work. How does that get? How do you just iCloud backup? Is that your only option? It's all iCloud. That was actually one I asked on social media and then I found the Apple support article and answered my own question. But Apple says you can actually leave the battery connected 
24-7, even when you're not using Apple Vision Pro, because it will sync in the background. It'll do an iCloud backup. It will sync your photos, sync your messages. And so it does sync. You can do an iCloud backup. That was another weird part of the setup on Friday when I received it. In the setup process, it asked, do you want to restore from iCloud backup? And I was like, what iCloud backup? <laughs> this is a brand new device. You just you just turn it on and all of your little iPhone apps are just going to be like little slivers right in your middle of your view. Well, that's it. That's all you I get. thought maybe because it's so iPad based that it would pull from an iPad backup and just install all the compatible apps that I have in my iPad iCloud backup. But that was not the case. I went restore from iCloud backup and it just showed me nothing. Like there were no iCloud backups. Mm. It means there will probably be iCloud backups now that I've left it plugged in overnight and things like that. Got it. Also, a funny like to show how tied this is to iPad OS, if you go into the Shortcuts app, which is a compatible running app, meaning it's in like this folder, which you can't move any icons, which is also annoying. Like you can't rearrange your home mm, screen. So that's a deal breaker. It's, a, it's kind of annoying. But anyway, if you run Shortcuts, you can create device automations. You can create personal automations in the Shortcuts app on Apple Vision Pro. And if you do create something like when plugged into charge, speak text, thank you, or whatever, it says, I like iPad automation, like create iPad automation. And so Apple Vision Pro, in so in those scenarios, like in shortcuts automations, it really thinks it's an iPad. Like the, it mm. literally has the words iPad. Do you think it's because it's running, just because it's running the iPad app? So like, how would it know different? Because it's literally running the iPad app. Probably, probably. Because also like the Riverside app, it thinks it's an iPad that's, that's running. I don't know, maybe that'll get fixed. I don't know if there'll ever be a native shortcuts app. Because I will tell you, I tried to build some shortcuts in Apple Vision Pro. Not something you want to do. <laughs> not, not, mm. not a good experience. My so my last question for you, and then I have I want to talk about the my thoughts about the reviews. Yes, but my last question for you is: If you were not someone who made videos for YouTube and you knew everything that you knew now, would you have bought this? If I was not making videos for YouTube, no. And okay. I I might if I had bought it, I might have returned it strictly okay. because you know it's sitting on my desk right now where it's been all week. I've picked it up to use it when I'm making a video about it. And I've watched something, I watched a movie in it and that was really cool. But if anyone has kind of followed my content for a while, I, I mean, I have good movie setups around the house. Like I have a 7.1 Dolby Atmos. It's not a fancy TV. It's not an OLED, but I kind of would like to watch it in there because I don't have to have something on my face or in my ears. <laughs> like right. I could just sit there right, and enjoy right. it. And I, I also feel awkward, like <laughs> I was using it, I was sitting in bed using it and uh, I forgot what my wife was doing, but she walked in to the bedroom and I look over with the headset on, you know, cause I have it. And she was like, wow, did not expect that. And like, it's just not a good feeling. It's just not, it's not a good feeling when someone, and there were a couple of times where I was working here in the office and like my daughter knocked on the door and opened it and I looked over with the headset on, you know, <laughs> and she's like, mm. wow. And all of those moments, it's like, ah, this is weird. It feels weird. I like eventually it might not be weird. I'm sh maybe AirPods, like the first time you were wearing AirPods and like you were talking to someone in a conversation and they felt like this person's not even listening to me because I have AirPods in, which I still feel that way sometimes in the grocery store. Like I'll still take them out instead of just going into transparency mode because I want like it's a visual cue. I want the other person to know if you say something to me, I'm actually listening. I'm not just 
in my own world. And that's just AirPods. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I leave the AirPods in because I'm just hoping they'll stop talking to me. <laughs> well, maybe you should get an Apple Vision Pro because it would be the ultimate repellent <laughs> of, well, it'll attract some questions, but then other conversations. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it to people. If I walked to the grocery store, that thing on, yeah. I would never get out of the grocery store. But at home with my own family, it feels weird. Mm-hmm. Like it feels weird to either be walked in on wearing it or to like BRB. I'm going to enter a spatial computing space for a minute and I'll get back to you. Uh, it, yeah. It's weird. So it would really be a thing you would only use in your office where you also have a Mac studio <laughs> and a MacBook pro and an iPad and an iPhone and yes. a studio display. It's like, huh, maybe there's now <laughs> the one other person kind of person that might really benefit from this is I totally get if you're a frequent traveler, I completely get mm. why this would be a huge benefit. Every plane train you're at your if you're staying in a lot of hotels because you travel often those use cases this is going to be amazing because i like the idea of no one shoulder surfing me no one's going to see what i'm doing if i'm working and movie experience is going to be the best on this on a plane and in a hotel room you know typically if i'm in a hotel room by myself mm-hmm. i'll pull up my ipad pro because it was the best screen i had and i would watch it on that even if it was a smaller screen than the tv in the room because I know that TV is going to be a pain in the neck to try and get my content on it. This is going to be the best experience with that. So that's another use case, I think. But as far as like personal spatial computing, I don't know. I'm not sure where where it's going to go. Okay. So I have a theory about the reviews. Okay. Well, first of all, I think in retrospect, some of them were very well done, but mostly useless. (laughs) They were very good as PR pieces for Apple. Now, I'm not questioning the integrity of anybody who made them. I'm not suggesting that in any way, like especially the early batch when you had the, you know, Marquez, Joanna Stern, uh, the Verge, like I'm not questioning their integrity in any way. They're all professionals, but they did exactly what Apple was hoping, which was get like explain the process, talk about this thing, normalize it. The Vision Pro is really the first Apple product that was launched in the peak YouTube era, Mm. right? Like, I mean, the Apple Watch, sure, YouTube was a thing, but it wasn't the thing that it is today, right? Right. And there was no TikTok, really, to to speak of in, what, 2015 or whatever. When the iPhone came out, YouTube was two years old. And I mean, there wasn't even a native uh, YouTube app, but Apple built YouTube into the iPhone, right? Like they did. They built, Apple built the YouTube app. And I think they just... Did it, wasn't it even called YouTube or was it just called like video? I don't remember. But anyway, but they didn't use the YouTube logo. That right, was, it, it was, was just like own. a television. Anyway, <laughs> but I think that there, so there, there was no one who was like, what if we take an iPhone underwater or what if we take an iPhone to the moon or what if I carry an iPhone around all day long? Well, of course you're going to carry an iPhone around all day long. That's the entire point of having an iPhone. So there was not that sort of a thing. And we're at the point now where these products Apple Watch. I mean, we did see a little bit of it. Like Joanna Stern went to the island with the SOS feature on the on the phone or whatever. But we don't see like that same kind of a thing as what people are trying to do with this because this is novel and it's weird. And what I'm trying to say is most of the YouTube reviews were useless because no one cares about telling the average person, here's what it is that you would do with this. It's just... Here's the most absurd thing. It's the Mr. Beastification of it all, mm. right? Here's the most absurd thing I could think of doing with this weird piece of technology that I look super bizarre wearing because you will just watch me do that, but you will not learn anything about what to what to do. Now, I again, I, I do like the video you did of like, right. I let normal people use this. Like that was useful, I think, for people. I think that 
I still stand by like my assessment that Marquez's and Joanna's and Neli's early, early reviews um, were very good at explaining the experience, right. but they all intentionally avoided the question of should anyone buy this? Like they will tell you, I intentionally avoided this question. Right. And it makes me think that no one is making YouTube videos for normal people. They're just making YouTube videos for people who are fans of technology. And I feel like there's a huge space there. Uh, I shouldn't say that. I will, I will argue that Joanna does the uh, Joanna Stern from the wall street journal probably does the best job of anyone of trying to make the reviews for the normal person. So I don't know. And I don't think that's necessarily everyone's fault. I think that's just what YouTube is. That's that's an interesting. Yeah, I I get that. Did I just make you question all of your career choices? I'm really sorry. No, that's no, not no. What I'm I was like, trying to do. Huh, should I make a video? Well, you know, if I made a video, I feel like <laughs> where the title was "Should You Buy Apple Vision Pro?" I think in this moment, it's not going to get views. I think because there's probably a large portion of just non-techie people that don't care that this is another headset like the Quest Three that. Maybe because it's Apple, there's a slight increase in interest that maybe this is something, but I just think it's not there yet. And one of the other videos I, I actually I appreciated was uh, Cleo Abram, who uh, does the Huge If True YouTube channel. And she actually, of course, went to like MKBHD studio and they talked about it. And most of the conversation is really aspirational. Like this is, and I've heard several creators say this. This is the worst headset Apple will ever make. And like, okay, yeah, I I feel like you could also say that about the iPhone 15 Pro. Like, this is the worst iPhone Apple is going to make into the future. There's a probably good chance of it. Right. I really hope that's true. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's not a guarantee, but let's hope it's true. Right. And so I, I feel like, yeah, I get that sentiment and it's probably accurate, but I've lends itself more to the aspirational nature of this device that one day, I totally get it. The the Alicia Keys rehearsal room experience, when you watch it in Apple Vision Pro, it is astounding how real it feels and how almost in the room it feels like right there. The highliner video. Yep. When you watch that, there's a shot of her face close up and you could see it in my reactions video. My friend Jacob was like, I feel like I could touch her face right now. Like it is that right. real. That's incredible. The technology has to advance so far for you to be able to FaceTime someone and have that same visceral reaction, like this person is in the room with me. And that's what Cleo Abram and MKBHD were kind of getting at is like one day, maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's longer, where we'll get there, where either digital persona or other technology will be that it can feel like you're in the room with a person. Spatial video it's not there yet, but maybe you'll be able to capture it one day on your iPhone or on whatever glasses and then relive a memory as though you were there. Yeah, that's a compelling experience. That's all the sci-fi experiences. Like I remember yep. in Minority Report, everybody talks about Tom Cruise waving his hands around, but there's also a scene in Minority Report where people go to like enter themselves into VR and have experiences. And like that's yep. <laughs> like where it's like the seedy underbelly of the Minority Report world. But that's where people will spend the money because that's it's right. such a real experience. And so, yes, aspirationally, I could definitely see that in the future. But for right now, I don't know. If, I don't know if computing is the thing. It might be immersive experiences. And I thought about making this video. I don't know if I will. But I would title if I was going to review the Apple Vision Pro in like a traditional YouTube video, 
I would say Apple Vision Pro, the ultimate consumption device. Like when the iPad came out, and even today, so many people argue that it is a consumption first device, which I disagree because I edit this podcast and all my podcasts on iPad and Apple Pencil, and it has become a content creation device for me personally. It's not for everyone. I totally get it, but I think there are some artists, there's some fields like the medical field that might use it for charts and tests and all that, where the iPad has use cases to be a creation device. Right now as it stands, I do not see the Apple Vision Pro as a creation device in any way. I don't see myself creating anything on it. The most I can do is mirror my Mac screen, which again, I'm creating on my Mac. I'm just seeing it in Apple Vision Pro. Right. But when it comes to consumption, this is the best device to consume content made for it. I don't know if it's the best way to consume just a regular 2D movie. If you have an OLED TV and you have a 7.1 home theater system, a whole room set up for that, that still might be better to consume that kind of content. But the immersive 3D content, like this is the ultimate consumption device for that. And it's great at it. Like the fidelity of the screens, mm-hmm. I fix it, did a tear down, and they talked about, you know, every pixel of the Apple Vision Pro is basically like you can fit, I think, 50 of those in one iPhone pixel. Like crazy things. Right. And it's amazing. Yeah. Like the fidelity of the screens, like it is amazing. But like, for creation, it's just not yet. Just not yet. That's what I think. Yeah, it's that's an interesting thing because you're right. So the old adage used to be that your iPhone is the ultimate communication device, the iPad is the ultimate consumption device, and the Mac is the ultimate creation device. And I think that there are certainly edge cases where that's not true. But I, I was just gonna when I mean, you were saying that, like you talked about the iPad being a great you're still not recording this podcast on your iPad. That's true. like so it's still not fully a creation device. Yes, you it has niche areas where it's good. You know, I can t- I could write, I mean, I could do almost all of my job on the iPad, but it's still just not as good as it is my right. Mac is right and um, it's faster this is sort of trying to be all of those things right because certainly Apple wants it to be a communication device or they would not have done they needed it to be capable of doing that that's the whole reason the personas thing exists right. right and they want and it's clearly right now very good at consumption if again you're willing to spend that kind of money right. because an iPad is goes on an airplane pretty easily and no one looks at you very weirdly when you're wearing it. So yeah, I I think it's interesting to see where it will sort of end up. For sure. And can I just say, I just paused this iFixit teardown video and three of the five, four of the five videos that are recommended by YouTube have MKBHD's face in it. If, if yes. it was. The, they, what, right now, YouTube thinks that the only thing Steven wants to do is watch MKB talk talk about the uh, Vision Pro. And again, like he is probably the best at simply talking about stuff like th- talking about stuff like this in a very relatable and very understandable way. Yeah. But I still don't think that uh, th- you mentioned this a minute ago that the average person is probably, you know, you said, would it make, would it get views? Which is the worst question we always have to ask ourselves because I have like, when I'm writing an article, I have to think like, will, an- will anyone read this? And if no one will read it, then why am I going to write it? The problem is like the YouTube as a, the, the way that the reason that there are people doing all these weird things with these is because people will watch them, but none of them are going to like, none of them are going to buy them <laughs> unless they want to make more YouTube videos about doing weird things with it. And none of the people who are making some of those videos, I, I just, I just sort of realized with this platform launch, meaning the vision pro yeah. that YouTube isn't really set up 
and the people making those videos are not really set up for answering those questions for like the average person. These are most of these are not reviews, they're stunts. And that's good. Mm. Like it's entertainment. It's like I enjoyed watching a lot of them, but most of them are not reviews. They're just I'll say it again, stunts. And that's that's fine, but I really wish that there were people who were so keep making reviews, Stephen. You're very, very good at that. Well, I appreciate it. You've inspired me. I mean me. that sincerely. Well, I, and I'm honestly like Quinn Nelson, who's at the Snazzy Lab YouTube channel. He was like, I'm going to spend a month with this thing before I dare say something is a review. And for me, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. Like I'm kind of done with Vision Pro videos at the moment. I'm going to do some other things that no one's probably going to watch because the MKBHG's Vision Pro videos are just flooding YouTube. But I, I'm going to, I need to see you know, a month into owning this device, how often do I pick it up if I'm not just trying to make videos about it? And I think that will be telling as to the, the actual long-term review. All right, we have so much other news to get to. Just oh, yeah. five quick things. This thing needs Find My. It needs a U1 chip. Hmm. This is an expensive device. <laughs> Give me Precision Find My for Apple Vision <laughs> Pro. Number two, having an itch, terrible in Apple Vision Pro. You can't scratch it. <laughs> I've so often have had itch like right above my eyes because you also have something pressing on your face the whole time you're using it. Can't scratch the itch unless you're going to take it off. And like, if I'm watching a movie, I don't want to deal with taking it off, putting it back on and unlocking it. So I'll just suffer through the itch and then just leave it alone. Uh, drinking water. <laughs> this is my, my water container. And it's, there's no straw, which maybe Stanley was getting ahead of the whole Apple Vision Pro problem. I can't drink out of this yeah. with Apple Vision Pro on my face because the lip of this hits the... Apple Vision Pro, and I can't tilt it back far enough to drink. I don't experience that just watching a movie on my TV. Wait, does 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 Nate know that you're not using the Stanley anymore? I know I should tell him. I don't know if he knows. <laughs> he 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 just found he just, out. That's true. He just found out. Nate, I'm not using the Stanley. <laughs> my wife still is because she likes the straw. And I, I might have to go back. I might have to get another Stanley because I can't drink out yeah. of this thing in Apple Vision Pro. <laughs> we need more granular notification control, like. I don't really want to deal with notifications on Apple Vision Pro because it's annoying. And like most notifications means I have to deal with something else. And it's probably not, I'm not doing yeah. that. So we need better notification control. There's just so many weird things. And I'll just mention one. If you want to add a mail account to Apple Vision Pro for your email, guess, just take a while, guess, Jason. Do you know where you would go in the settings app to add a mail account? Well, guess. I mean, I don't actually know where to do it anymore on a Mac, to be honest with you. I have used to be like an account there used to be an tab, account. I thought, but now there isn't. You just have to go into mail to do it, which is weird because if I want to add a calendar app, yes. it's weird to me that I have to go to the mail app to do it. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's actually written on our document, so I'm going to, but I wouldn't have known that. Right. So on the iPad and iPhone, you have to go to settings, mail, and in there, there's accounts, which is weird, like you said, because you might add an account just for notes just for calendar, just for contacts or whatever. In Apple Vision Pro, there is no mail uh, settings in the settings app. You have to go to people. You go to the people settings menu and under people is where you can add accounts, which seems very strange. I don't understand why. And I will also I like, understand. I spent a, t a lot of time setting up Fantastical and a couple mail accounts of all the Apple devices. It is most tedious. <laughs> On Apple Vision Pro. Mm. Oh, yeah, because you have to authorize all of them. Oh, yeah. You have to authorize all of them. Thanks. You know, iCloud Password did okay job autofilling, but if it didn't, and for some reason it just didn't take it, typing in one of my very long secure passwords that were auto-generated, very tedious. <laughs> very tedious. But, so it almost feels like there should be a setup app on either the Mac or the iPad for a Vision Pro. Like, 
you can just you know log into this app and just put all your stuff and we will yes. just push it over that's do that apple just like the apple watch the apple watch has an app on iphone yeah yeah this is there is precedent for this do the apple watch for the vision pro yeah honestly absolutely. that would solve cuz you could do not- you can manage your notifications on apple watch or at least choose what apps send you notification from the watch app on iphone that is what apple make an apple Fish i'm pro. i'm emailing someone as soon as we're done talking i'm not kidding <laughs> a companion app would that would solve so much of this weirdness okay and make it not required like you could it could right. just be the option right because right. there may be some people who only have a vision pro yes you have to be able to set these things up but for people who have you know other apple devices which seems like a pretty large overlap with people who are spending four freaking thousand dollars on a vision pro headset let them do this so. exactly okay we have there's so, so much big news and we, we won't take uh, oh my goodness. forever on it, but we do need to cover it. But before we do, I want to thank our sponsor for today. You might have heard of them in a past episode, but hello there, greeting cards. They have sponsored us once again. This is a super fun app where you know you get greeting cards around the holidays for your birthday. Some of them might be sentimental, might be things from very close relatives, friends, family members, and you don't want to throw them out. But then also like you just what you put them in a drawer and then they just pile up. They're right there taking up the space that your socks need to be in. Well, this is the answer. The Hello There greeting card app lets you scan all those greeting cards into your iPhone. You can use your iPad and then they're just saved forever. Syncs to iCloud and you have them all your greeting cards right there. Then you can browse them in the future. You're probably more likely to look at those greeting cards you got for past occasions here in the app than you are your sock drawer or wherever you might be keeping your greeting cards. I've been using it. It's super fun. Try out Hello There. So you scan cards in from any occasion. And there's even audio recordings for musical cards. You know, someone gives you those cards where you open it up and it plays the entertainer or whatever. <laughs> you can record that. And then this way, you know what the card sounded like as well. It also uses live text. So you can copy and paste text from it. There's shortcuts, actions, widgets, and of course, syncs via iCloud. And if you want to send an e-card, you can do that from the Hello There app as well. Don't use any of those weird online services that, listen, they're probably going to spam you with emails after you create an account. Don't do that. Just send those e-cards from the Hello There app, and it's a great way to do it. So here's what you do. Primary tech listeners, you can use the offer code for one free year, an entire year of Hello There Plus, which unlocks all the features like iCloud Sync, unlimited entries, app customizations, and lots more. So go use the promo code Hello Primary Tech, all one word, and you can get that free one year of Hello There Plus. We'll put that information in the show notes so you can just use the promo code there. Hello There, great solution for scanning your cards, and we'll put a link to the app directly in the show notes as well. So our thanks to Hello There for sponsoring this episode. Are we going to do a 180, Jason? We're going to go from, we just talked about Apple for an, <laughs> an hour. Let us talk about yeah. the Google changes. Google had a bunch of news just this morning. We are You're like breaking news here, and you had a great article on Inc.com. So if you would, can you walk us through what did Google announce? Some people may have heard that Google had this thing called Bard. Yes. It was kind of a dumb name. I think there was supposed to be a Shakespeare reference there. But if you've used Google Bard, you know that there was like no poetry involved. Like it, it seemed like a pretty ambitious thing to call a an AI chatbot yeah. that most people weren't using intentionally, I guess is the way I'm going to like most people. Think, I didn't know it was a Shakespeare reference until your article. I had no idea. Well, Bard, like I assume that that's got to be what it is. Like why else would you call it Bard? Isn't, what is, what isn't is that, that a Shakespeare reference? Is that a, he was called like the Bard. Like that was a Shakespeare. Like, oh, oh, oh. oh man, now we have to look this stuff up. Why I'll look Shakespeare it up. You, you tell me the news. I'll look it up. I'll All right. 
plug it out for me. Um, and so they changed the name because otherwise I have to go back and edit my article. So I think that Google recognized that it was sort of a not great name. And so they're changing the name to Gemini, but the reason they're changing it to Gemini is Gemini is the name of Google's large language model, right? right? They have three different versions. They, 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 they announced all this like in December. Uh, that it Bard was powered by Gemini. There's Gemini Nano, Gemini Pro, and Gemini Ultra. The the thesis of my article is naming things is hard because they picked a bad name for the first one and then they changed it to a good name, but it is actually still confusing because there are three different models. But in, and in the past, if you were using Bard as a, the chatbot, you were using Gemini Pro, right. but now you can use a Gemini Advanced <clears throat> experience which uses gemini ultra which is their largest and most powerful language model which to up till now unless i'm wrong about this consumers were not able to use it and they are rolling that out as a part of their google one subscription so there's now a new google one subscription tier called ai premium that in addition to whatever else google one comes with which i don't actually know what it comes with i was just looking at it as as we were doing this because you can subscribe to it and uh, it includes like their Google storage and yeah. some advanced editing features in Google photos and that kind of stuff. I actually, it's funny that I don't actually know because I'm, I am subscribed to it and I just didn't know it was all in it. I, I'm also subscribed to it. I'm subscribed to it. I think I subscribed to it because I get extra photos storage and I use Google photos as a backup for my yes. photos. So, and I have Google Fios anyway, cellular service, but you then will get, if you subscribe to the advanced tier, which they're making free for two months to try it out, you can then use they've rolled out a new google gemini app for android and they are incorporating gemini into the iphone google app so you can actually use that just so think of this most people heard all that and they're like i don't even know what is any of the things you just said okay most people are familiar with chat gpt which is a chat bot experience powered by gpt 3.5 3.5 or 4, right. right? Those are the language models. And if you're using Microsoft's products, they introduced a thing called Copilot, which is the experience of having an AI chatbot help you in PowerPoint or Word. In On Google's side, all of those things are just called Gemini, right? right. The language model is Gemini, the experience is Gemini, and the tools that you can use in Workspace or Gmail, it's all just called Gemini. So that makes that part of it, I think, easier. Gemini is the name going forward. So it isn't just a name change. They are rolling out an app. Uh, and a new part of the Google app on iOS. It is interesting to me that Android is getting an app and mm-hmm. iOS is not getting a new app. I don't know if they just didn't think it would sail through, like if they tried to roll out this, big, but there is a chat GPT app on iOS. So mm-hmm. maybe they just couldn't get it approved. I don't really know the details there. Uh, there was a briefing yesterday and people asked that question, but it didn't get asked. It didn't get Answer. answered. So I don't, I don't know what the deal is. Well, they didn't have enough time. Like they didn't, there was way, sure. there was a, there was like, too many questions and they did not allocate enough time for this. So, so that's, I think the news they're changing the name, but it is more than just a name change. I don't know if this means more people will use Google's most, like most people's experience with Google's chat assistant is if you type in a search and you get the search generative experience, right? Where it sort of summarizes a answer at the top of the search results. The other thing is if you opt into using this, if you're paying for that subscription and you use the Gemini advance, that will replace Google assistant on your Android device. And there are some cool things they showed like you could, you can use Gemini over your display. So what that means is like, if you took a photo of something and you were looking at the photo on your phone, and you invoke Gemini, you could just say, what is this? Mm-hmm. And if it's a plant, it'll just answer it for you. Or if it's like a location, it will tell you what the name of the building is or whatever. So it's kind of like that circle to search kind of thing. Oh, well, you don't have to circle. You just say, hey, Gemini, look at my screen and tell me what's going on. That's interesting. So I'm curious. 
Federico Vatici, someone um, send him this clip on social media so he can do it. Apparently, I'm just looking it up now. There is an API key for Gemini, and I would love to be able to try this in shortcuts because SGPT, which is a shortcut that yep. you know uses the ChatGPT API, I use that all the time on my mobile devices. I like using the ChatGPT action and shortcuts, where if you have the app installed on your iPhone or iPad, you can just use the ChatGPT action, but it's super buggy. Like most often mm. it will, the shortcut will stop and it'll say, we don't know what model to use. And it's like, it's right there. I just mm. tapped it. <laughs> or it'll say the, yeah. uh, the helper app stopped responding and it's super annoying. So if Google's is better or good, I've not used it. Like I do use ChatGPT almost every day for like several things. Like my videos, I transcribe my videos. I put that transcription through ChatGPT and I ask it for a title description and tags. And, you know, I might massage it a little bit, but that's just something I do pretty much every day. And so yep. I, I might try Google Gemini to see how well it does as opposed to ChatGPT, but I really need that shortcuts access because that's how I do it mainly. Because I don't, like, I don't want to open a bespoke window just to interact with the chat thing. I want to be able to select text on my Mac, send it, and then it just, you know, does its thing. So if I teach you listening, right. please build a shortcut with the, the, the Google Gemini API. I'll try to figure it out myself. Or yep. Matthew Casanelli, if you're listening, you could do it too. I believe in you. We'll see. Uh, and I mean, I definitely just subscribed to Google One AI Premium because it's oh. free for two months. Oh, oh so there you I go. will. There you go. I will hopefully be able to, you know, because here's the thing: I we we wrote I wrote about this this morning and published the story based on the information, but like this wasn't I couldn't actually do anything with it. Right, so right. now I'm going to actually get to try it. So. Very good. Anyway, okay. So other like huge news, and th this just boggles my mind. I saw it from you posted it first. So Disney. <laughs> One of Apple's biggest partners, Bob Iger, was literally on stage at WWDC for the Apple Vision Pro launch and the announcement saying how Disney Plus is going to be there on day one, creating immersive experiences like Disney and Apple. Very close relationship. Disney is investing $1.5 billion, with a B, dollars into Epic Games, <laughs> who makes Fortnite, Rocket League, one of Apple's bitter rivals. So one of Apple's closest partners is investing $1.5 billion into one of Apple's biggest rivals. And this just made my head spin because does this mean, oh, nice pop-up CNBC. Does this mean one day, if you're watching, you saw the pop-up. Does this mean one day, like Apple is somehow going to work with Disney and Epic Games to get those Epic Games back on the platform? I mean, huge court case that took such a long time about that. but. As this article says, you know, Disney has lots of their IP in Fortnite. One of my kids plays Fortnite a lot. And you could see, you can get Spider-Man stuff. You can get, see Marvel characters. There's Star Wars characters and skins. Like a bunch of Disney IP is already in Fortnite. So like they've already been working together on different deals. And now to invest $1.5 billion directly into Epic Games, this just seems like a wild partnership and i am so curious the ramifications with apple but what do, what do you think about this you know so this was something that they announced on their earnings call yeah. and i it was and i pay attention to these things and it was i thought this is really really weird and i don't think that companies like disney and apple make decisions just because they're like friends although they do make some decisions but they don't exclude other decisions just because they're friends right. but yeah bob Iger was on disney's board for like eight years and he finally stepped off the board because of disney plus and apple had apple tv plus and it was like a conflict not because there's nothing this wasn't like when eric schmidt left apple's board because they decided to make 
android and like <laughs> Steve Jobs vowed to go thermonuclear or whatever the whole thing was. You know that that did, that was a little bit of a different kind of a situation. This was not a I don't at least from the understanding that I have a super contentious thing when he left. It was just like oh you're going to do a streaming service, we're going to do a streaming service. I really can't serve on your board because that would be a conflict of interest. Right. And so he's so he stepped off the board and then he was also going to like retire from Disney anyway. He thought he was going to retire for the first time, but I think this is a little bit different because like my reaction to this was Disney, which is Apple's best media bud, just invested, which means they bought essentially stake in in Epic Games, which is in no way Apple's anything friend, like right, like and as far as getting, I don't think this is a play by by Epic to get Fortnite back on yeah. the iPhone because I think they knew that they were when they when they did what they did they which was you know the hot the hot fix to enable the payments right. in in the app that they were going to get booted and they were prepared for that to be a permanent thing i think they thought they would they were hoping that they would win sure. but they though the court case was not about getting fortnite back on the iphone the the court case was about having their own store right. and that kind of thing i i don't know for sure if if apple has permanently excluded fortnite but like they revoked their developer certificate for fortnite right, right? like that's and then they tried to do it for epic for uh unreal what is their unreal, unreal engine yeah and then that, that turned out that they were not able to they had to let them do that because it was unrelated but I, so I don't know if this is like, hey, we'll become partners and maybe we'll get Fortnite back. I, yeah, I don't know. I think this is purely about Disney seeing an opportunity to put its IP in more places, which is that's what Disney does. They just put it everywhere. Right. And uh, But it is one of those things you're like, wait, you just announced all of this Vision Pro stuff. And now you did. Now you're announcing this. Right. The two are not mutually exclusive, but they certainly are very stark contrast. I would love to imagine... Tim Cook sitting in his very curated office that we see in the pictures of Vanity Fair article and seeing this headline scroll across the screen and just doing a spit take, <laughs> just like spitting the sandwich out of his mouth, <laughs> saying, what, what? And then just furiously calling Bob Iger, like, what are you doing? Oh, why? But I'm sure, I mean, they probably talk. They probably talk. Do you think Bob gave him a head up, heads up? I think he probably I think did. he probably Don't did. I mean, if he... The only other CEO that was on stage for the Vision Pro announcement was Bob Iger, like one other person that was not an Apple person, as far as I remember. There was the game guy. Who was the one guy? Is when there because there was the game that they uh, were talking about. I thought they were the talking Mac about that the, during the Mac segment, and then oh, you're so, so you're just saying during, during the, Vision the Vision Pro, Pro segment. segment. Yes, you know, you're you know right. I mean? Yes. So I feel like okay. I have a. Th I want to say. I do want to say one thing. This is not a pick on you. I have heard in the last. I don't know. Let's say three weeks. A lot of people talking about how Bob Iger was the only, not the only person, but how he, they brought him out on, they did not bring him out on stage. We sat there and watched a video and he was on the video. Bob Iger was not at WWDC. He did not walk on a stage. He stood somewhere in a studio and they recorded. Wait, I just, wait, wait. I know the effect is the same. Wait a minute. Wait, he was wait, not there in wait, person. Wait, 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 wait. I thought it was a, it was a segment of the keynote where Tim Cook was on quote unquote on stage in the video, but it was in the Steve Jobs theater. And then when Bob Iger came out, it was like one right after another, like introduced. Yeah. But what I mean is Bob Iger was not on stage in person. He was just in the video as he was in the keynote. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But everyone keeps talking about how Bob Iger was on stage okay, at I, WWDC. I'm like, no, he wasn't. I just want everybody to know. <laughs> I just pulled this up in seconds. Just, just for you all. I want you to <laughs> watch so this. Good. So here's Tim Cook literally on the same stage that Bob Iger is about to walk out on and they could have shaken hands. I guess technically they really could have done some like 
post-production, like Tim Cook left for the day and then three hours later, Bob Iger walked on stage and they spliced it together. But it really looks like Tim Cook and Bob Iger were on the stage at the same time. Yes, but I just meant that this piece was a video that was then showed at WWDC. They're in the Steve Jobs Theater. Right. They're not at WWDC. Like, that's all I was trying to right, say. Right, right. No, that's, no, no, no. Yes, he did literally walk onto a stage. You're did. right. I, I was wrong and about on the, that part. And on the stage <laughs> that Tim Cook was also on. Like they shared the stage for a few Absolutely, moments. Absolutely. That's true. You, they said hi in the green room. You're probably and you know right, who was not yes. on that stage? Tim Sweeney. Tim Sweeney was not on that stage. That's true. <laughs> he he was. They would not. I mean, it's hard enough for us to get into uh, the uh, keynote. There's no way Tim Sweeney is going to get past those. Nope, Which he wasn't. There was a past keynote where Tim Sweeney was on stage for a demo. I think you're right. It was, I forget, I it was like years true. ago, like bef- way before, yes. <laughs> way many years ago. I'm going to put the WWDC yeah, okay. live stream link in the show notes just so everyone can watch that moment that I just showed. Yep. Or you could just watch So it. he was on a stage, but he did not come out in person at WWE. Right. That's, only, that's the only part I wanted to okay, Well, and Jason was there in person, to be clear. I was not. Yeah. And for that matter, nobody came out on any in person except for uh, Tim Cook and Craig at the very beginning just to say hi. Right, right. And then they rolled a video. Like, that's it. They just rolled a video. That's what, Wait, so Tim Cook didn't come out on stage at WWDC? No, no. Tim Cook and Craig did to oh, say hi. Craig. Okay, okay. But none of the keynote is live is what right, I'm trying right, to say. Right, right. I don't know why I keep rehashing this. I just, the number of people I've heard say, like, Bob Iger, he was there. He was at the, you know, he was on stage in the keynote at WWDC. I'm like, he was, if, they recorded listen, it four months before. I don't even know. If you watch know. it in immersive video on Apple Vision Pro, it's like he's there. That's the, you know, that's yeah. He and Alicia keys are just right there breathing on you in Apple vision pro. <laughs> spatial computing. Exactly. All right. Last couple of pieces of news. So a huge sports conglomerate uh, is now coming together where max HBO max Hulu and Disney plus subscribers will have the option. Oh, and Fox news is also joining this. So it's ESPN, not Fox news, Fox, Fox sports. sports, excuse me. So ESPN, yes. which is owned by Disney, Fox sports, Warner brothers, discovery, which is so all these names are so confusing. Well, Warner Brothers Discovery is like TNT. That's okay. like the you know basketball that kind of okay. thing. Okay, yeah. They are all combining forces. Look here, Bob Iger again. They're going to make a massive. <laughs> He's on stage. <laughs> Bob Iger is on stage of this podcast. He's on stage at right. the Wall Street no, no, Journal. No, primary technology yep. episode seven. Bob yeah. Iger on stage. Yeah. So they are twice. Pre- yeah. <laughs> Just so mad right now. Uh, well, listen, pre- precision in words is good. I, I'm I'm for it. I'm here for it. I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. They're creating a massive conglomerate. They're combining forces like Captain Planet to make this massive sports streaming package that subscribers will have the option to add <laughs> to their package. This is not something that's going to be like included if you're a Mac subscriber no. or a Disney Plus subscriber. They're joining forces because Sports like naming things is hard, as Jason said. Sports streaming is very hard because everybody wants the money. Yes, there's a lot of money when it comes to sports streaming, and so it looks like these three companies are coming together to create this package that will include probably more sports than any one package. Because I know right now I'm not a huge sports guy, but I know like you would have to subscribe to like NBA TV and MLB TV, and you have to you have to every sport is individual, and so this might be some kind of play to. You know, create you know bring them some of them together uh notably absent is apple tv plus who has like friday night baseball and mls but maybe that's not enough to you know i don't think they're notably absent i think they just didn't no one called them to talk about this but what is notably absent is nbc which has the olympics and right. also sunday night football paramount is not a part of this which means cbs which also has football right also has march madness so like before we get too excited about just what this is going to include, 
there's, I mean, as a, we don't, we don't watch the NBA at our house, but we do watch college basketball because we're big fans of Michigan state, which has at times had a pretty good basketball team. And the number of times recently where we have to like, we have to log on to Peacock to watch this game or we have to go to Paramount. Like it's a game. It should just be on the television. We have YouTube TV, which is basically cable at this point. Just let me watch the show. There was even like NFL games that were on Peacock, right? Like that was a big thing. And it's just it is completely bananas to me, but obviously ESPN is the big name here right. and they, d- this thing is going to cost 50 bucks a month. Like yeah. it's going to be 50 bucks a month to get these sports and you're still not going to get everything. <laughs> I I mean, I, I watch no sports. I, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl this weekend. <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going to watch it. I, uh, hopefully it's streaming somewhere. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. So I'll, I'll find it and do it. But I don't watch, but, but I mean, are you going to watch it in the vision pro? There's going to be a bunch of people over the house. What am I going to do? Be sitting on a sofa with the Apple vision pro. Just is everybody else watching the TV? Come on, dude. Exactly. That's exactly what you don't actually have to have it up in an app. Just look through the past through video at your television with the vision pro on. <laughs> Think about all the stats you could have up. You could watch a live commentary oh, of all the people talking about the ads. I'm doing this on my face to act like I have Apple vision pro. I, I literally have the Apple vision pro right here. Like I can literally, <laughs> Yeah, I can literally just look. <laughs> don't understand. I don't know what's happening. Uh, no, I'm not going to be. I mean, okay. Maybe, maybe I'll see. I'm curious. Apple's. Pro- you should. No, I'm not going. You to. should not. <laughs> I'm sure Apple's going to have an ad for Apple Vision Pro during the Super Bowl. I'm sure that's going to happen. Do you think that's? They have an Apple Music ad because have you seen? I yeah. put a link to it. Did you see the Apple Music preview? Because Usher is the halftime show, and there's a Tim Cook. Ad. Tim Cook is in a pre-ad for the Super Bowl, and it's. Yeah, well, I'm I'm interested to see what happens here. It is weird. Anyway, I'm I'm but. going to I'm pull it up now. I watched the ad. I still even after watching it, I still don't know what's happening. Like I don't. Know. Well, okay. The thesis here is Usher is the halftime show, and it's sponsored by Apple Music. And in the preview of the ad, Usher has gone missing, and Tim Cook is visibly distressed. He's wearing an Usher shirt, which is hilarious. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> yes, Tim Cook is a good sport. Yes. He is not a fantastic actor which we learned in the uh, octavia spencer mother nature ad that they showed at was it the iphone i think it was at the iphone keynote you will find him that's my favorite he just texts him it must be nice to be the ceo of what is now the second largest company in the world to be able to just you know text ludicrous and be like you will find him <laughs> uh, <laughs> i just this. love that the the, uh, the shot of tim cook in the usher t-shirt sitting at this table. it is good <laughs> he's a good sport he is a good, sport. A good sport yeah <laughs> he really i'll is. give you that who would you want to be the person who had to pitch this to him? I think about the like, how scared would you to be like, Tim, we have an idea. Honestly. It involves you, Ludacris, and an Usher shirt. I want to know if it was the same person who did the Mother Nature ad. Because <laughs> now they could just be like, listen, I got another wild idea. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> this one's better. I promise this is better. <laughs> Honestly, though, with like Tim Cook being the numbers operations guy, like COO for such a long time, when it comes to marketing, he's probably just like, yeah, I trust you guys to do it. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, just whatever. Tell me, whatever. just bring me. Maybe they didn't tell him about the Usher t-shirt until he went into wardrobe and they're like, this is what we want. We you need to wear. Wear You've this. already signed off on it. <laughs> Put this on. Okay. We didn't mean to digress quite that far <laughs> on just an ad, but. <laughs> no, that's funny. All right. Well, we didn't uh, talk about it. The earn, Apple earnings happened the afternoon after we published the last episode. And it's the last thing we'll talk about before we get to some personal tech, which is mouse or trackpad. That's the question of the week. And uh, you know, honestly, We'd love to hear some questions. If you have a personal tech question, this will be a fun segment. We'll do a question of the week. We'd love to hear from yeah, you. That'd be listeners great. Listeners and viewers, you can comment on the YouTube video or in your five-star review in Apple Podcasts, just put your personal, say personal tech, colon, what's your question? Today we're doing mouse or trackpad. Yeah. 
Well, before we do, Apple had their. Don't put what's your question, but just put your question. No, no, no I actually put the question. Don't put what's your question. No, yeah, no, yeah no. just put the question. Okay, just want to be clear. Well, we got to be clear. Listen, for the if it's a five star so review, supposed to do. put whatever you want. You could say, I don't That's know true. what to write. <laughs> Submit. The other guy should stop talking. That's <laughs> it. No one has said that. But five stars, no it's that. fine. You can email the other guy at primarytech.fm. Except Steven. Steven says it in his head every time we have this show. The other guy should stop no, talking. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, because uh, I was going to have you talk about Apple earnings because I, you know, I, oh. I saw I saw it at a glance, and the you know the biggest thing that stuck out to me was that iPad numbers tanked. But I'm like, they didn't make any new iPads in 2023. <laughs> right. That's why. Duh. So anyway, this is what happens if you don't introduce any new products in this category. Right. People don't buy that's them. What, that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they had a there. The really the things of note. The revenue was up, which was the first time that it, that that was the case for comparable quarters in a while. Like so, they they did they did fine. Their services re- revenue set a record, and they made a point of mentioning that there's 2.2 billion active devices, which goes hand in hand with the services because essentially what they're trying to say is, yes, iPhone growth is slowed. But look at all the people we can now sell Apple TV Plus. And look, at, and that's actually not what they're saying. What they're really saying is, look at all the people who, whenever they push a button in their iPhone, we collect thirty percent. Right. Right. So there's all these devices that are installed, and we're able to, uh, we're able to sell them services, and and they download apps, and when they do, they subscribe to stuff. We get get money. They did set a record though for earnings per share, which I understand is one of those things that no one thinks about or cares about. And Stephen has actually stopped listening to me right now. But there is a reason it's important. Because what they're saying that the reason that that has happened is because they spent a bunch of money buying back stock, which means there's less stock out there, which means that your stock is more valuable if you own stock, right? So the earnings, you take the same amount of profit and you divide it among a smaller number of shares and boom, you set a record. It's up 16%, which looks really good because if you own that stock, again, your stock becomes more valuable. It's just, I think it's interesting because the stuff that most people care about is like, there's a new Vision Pro and somebody wrote it, wore it on the subway and somebody else wore it for three days. That's not the thing that the people who buy stock, like these people are like talking about stuff at a totally different yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. And it just makes you realize like, there's a reason, there's a reason they focus on the things that they do. You're going to start getting notifications to sign up for uh, Apple care in your vision pro any, any minute. Cause you already get them in your iPhone and there's just going to be little notifications. Wouldn't you like a free trial of Apple uh, music to go with the two subscriptions you already have? I hope not. <laughs> so yeah. So the Apple's doing fine. Like they're doing fine. They're not yeah. the largest company in the world because Microsoft Surpass them, but they're doing fine. They're doing fine. The see, this is the, the this is the six colors earnings charts they do every time there's an earnings call. Yep. Look at that iPad revenue. It's just map. <laughs> yeah, and and that's in what you're comparing is that super tall one to the last. You know, yeah. the the point is like that the revenue has they did like, but again, they did not make a new iPad at all at all this entire you know for all of 2023 well maybe they made one but they did not sell it to us so people didn't buy honestly the fact that it was only down that much is probably a good sign for the ipad that they didn't even offer a new model and yet people still bought them sure sure so wearables wearables were down too but i think the same thing is true nobody was buying the series 9 and the ultra 2 because they were basically the same as the models that came before so you had people who were upgrading but oh they did say one interesting thing steven that the iPhone 15 set a record for upgrades. Oh. So more people were upgrading from like the 13 and 14 than did previously. So, okay. Yeah, there you go. Well, I also, I don't, I don't know what any of that means, but earnings per share was up. So well, there you go. Thank you for interpreting. <laughs> um, okay. We're going to have a bonus episode where I want to talk about ordering food in an app. Which it's be great. Are you hungry? No, no. <laughs> we're gonna curious. just we're gonna do a bonus episode. A couple of weeks ago, we did a on the live part of the show. What's all 
not none of it's live, oh, but yeah. we ordered Vision Pros and we watched Steven skin his face. And today on the bonus content, we're going to watch him order food. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, that's the bonus episode. But for our, <laughs> I'm really selling it. <laughs> that's right. For uh, the final segment of the, the main show, mouse or trackpad, which which do you use? Okay. Gosh, that's a very open ended question. No, it's not. It's actually a multiple choice question, <laughs> but it's a, but it, there's so many variables involved. Right now, I, mostly I use a mouse if I'm sitting at my desk okay. and I have, you know, the commands station yeah, set yeah, up yeah. here. Um, on my laptop, obviously, if I'm just using the laptop, I just use the trackpad. Right. I do have the magic trackpad sitting here and I only really use it well, one, when my mouse battery dies and I'm not patient enough to recharge yes. it. So I'll yeah. use the trackpad then. But also there are times when it's useful. Like if I am editing a photo and I just want to, you know, pinch to zoom or it's actually not pinch. It's the opposite of a pinch, whatever you call that to, to zoom into things or yeah. Uh, it's a pinch an out inverse. And it's, it's an anti pinch. Anti- I don't know. Anyway, um, but I, so I, I'm mostly a mouse person if I'm sitting at the desk, but I do have a trackpad sitting right here. And it's nice because actually the other thing I use it for is I use the anti-pinch when I'm reading articles and I can't see very well. And I'll just like, it makes the font bigger if I just do that. On a, on I would, a I would love for yeah. anti-pinch to become the term after however many years of the <laughs> I, iPhone. Is there a term? Somebody tell me, somebody email the other guy at primarytech.fm and tell me what is the actual term for when you zoom into something? Because people always say pinch to zoom, but you're, you're not pinching. People say pinch out, which I feel like is an oxymoron, like pinch. Pinch out to zoom. Pinch is literally, anyway. Yeah. So the mouse you use at your battle station, though, is it the Magic Mouse? Uh, no, I use the MX Master Three for Mac. Okay. See, that's the, the that was that was really what I was trying to get at. I, I'm oh, you know, I'm a Magic Mouse user <sighs> right here in black. I forget why. I don't know why where I got it that it was black, <laughs> but that's I have the Magic Mouse. I used I tried the Magic Trackpad for a long time. I felt like I was getting like repetitive strain injury because. For some reason, I would hover my hand over the trackpad at all times as like always in the ready. And when it's hovering there, like, I don't know if I was just like stressed maybe at the time when I was trying it, but it just felt like my hand was, was, it was not doing well. And so I switched to the magic mouse because I like the scrolling in any direction. And like when I'm in final cut, you can do this with the trackpad, but I'd like the magic mouse, just fluid scrolling left, right, up and down. And I know I actually have an MX Master 3, your, that exact mouse you just showed on screen, and it has the two scroll wheels. Like, you can do the horizontal scroll and the vertical scroll, but it always felt like a weird, uh, I don't know, like I couldn't get my motor skill to like really do that a lot. And the, the horizontal scroll with like the thumb, I just wasn't crazy about it. So I'm, I'm actually, I know it's a very unpopular mouse, but I am a magic mouse user. I have to put it into turtle mode to charge it periodically. Yeah. I don't have a magic trackpad around here as a backup. So there have been times where I'm just like, well, I guess it's time to go to lunch because I can't, I can't do anything <laughs> on, the, on my Mac while this thing is charging. But yeah, I'm a magic mouse user. I like it. Okay. So I do, I mean, I have, I have magic mice in both colors. <laughs> That's what you're rummaging for a second ago. I have an, I have an old Logitech travel mouse that wow. even has the convenient little the USB. I thought this the one, dongle. I, is this a USB dongle one? This might be a Bluetooth one, but no, I thought this was the one that, oh yeah, you take the bottom yeah. off somehow and there's a little thing inside there that you plug in. I don't, oh wait, there the it is. RF, oh yeah, the there's RF a little thing. tiny. Yeah. Yeah. So you can plug it, but it's USB A and I don't have a USB A port. Nice. So that's not helpful. I have a Microsoft mouse too that I 
don't know why I have, I have some icebreakers mints. I also have this Targus laser pointer. <laughs> what in the world? And some post and some points. So notes. many pointing so devices. So I have lots of control. <laughs> so many control inputs here. I just wanted you to know I do like the Magic Mouse a lot. And then I realized I had a lot of mice in my drawer. This is the one that I keep in my little gear bag that goes with me. So like if I'm traveling, I do not. Take the, could you imagine if I just roll up on the airplane and I get my logic junk and don't yeah. do that? But. I, but I do use this occasionally when I'm traveling because I and I love the swipe controls on this thing. I I, I I don't know why I started using it, but I the the um, Logitech one. But I just I do prefer it if I'm using a mouse, and I don't I don't use the the swipey things, the horizontal scroll, whatever thing. you want to call that. Yeah, I don't use that type of thing that often on here that it has become a an issue for me. That maybe that's I just reach over the trackpad. So anyway, sorry for that little no no no. It's, it's but, good. Well, I know and. MKBHD and uh, now I got to put all this stuff away. Some people have like the dual setup. Those you have like the magic mouse or a mouse on the right and a magic trackpad on the left, and they're doing like no, I don't understand that. Like people are like, oh yeah, I have my mouse, and I'm just imagining them like, sitting here like <laughs> ready for anything. Like, are you, what are you doing? You what Vision kind Pro, of a life mouse, do you live trackpad? where you yeah. where you have to have your hands on a trackpad and a mouse at the same time? I usually the trackpad is usually underneath some napkins that have coffee stains on them and maybe some keys and i just have to like move everything out of the way to get to it well so, and I, you think i'm joking but i'm definitely no, no, not I'm, I'm sure but the other thing about the magic trackpad is i do like the pinch in and out in final cut specifically so if i can zoom in on the timeline i can also do command plus on the keyboard but it's a little faster to be able to just like pinch and zoom on the trackpad for final cut but I've, I've figured out how to do the command plus in my You know what I just realized I do all the time on the trackpad all the time is I just reach up there and I flick to the corner so that I can get mission control or expose or whatever. Oh. It's called now. Like I'll just reach up there and cause so instead of moving my mouse from like one screen to the other, yeah. I just do it on the trackpad and it's just like, boom, there we go. That is good. I don't, I actually, I use spaces a lot. Like I have multiple desktops and I'll use that a lot. But I don't typically like go into the mission control view. I typically just like mm. you can tap, double tap with two fingers on a magic mouse, and it does the expose. And then I put my mouse up at the top, create a new desktop, and do whatever. But that's, yeah, that's why I do it. We should. That sounds like a that sounds like a personal tech topic for another. We, we'll talk another about show. yeah. We should talk about window management. But anyway, we're gonna get to a, a bonus yeah. topic real quick, talking about apps and ordering food ahead. But Again, you could support the show by giving us a five-star rating and review. Let us know your personal tech topics you'd like to hear on the show, or just let us know what your favorite note app is. You could put whatever you want in the review, but do the five stars and write your review. Or if you'd like to get an ad-free version of the show and listen to all the bonus episodes, you get access to the entire back catalog of bonus episodes as well. You can support the show directly in Apple Podcasts or on Memberful by going to primarytech.fm. Thank you all so much for your support and listening and watching on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel as well. And thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the bonus episode.